0: Safety Net Studio presents. From the King the World! you no, watch Talking Movies with, with Brian, Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we try to stop a plot to destroy the world with Netflix's Heart of Stone. <gasps> The most highly trained agents working together to keep peace in a turbulent world. Hardly seems fair. She's developing a sense of humor. Hey! Alright. The heart is what gives the charter its power. It can crash a market or drop a plane out of the sky. If you own the heart, you own the world. This is what I mean. Jack, now. I need your help. Starting exit route. We've been bridged. What's happening? Our systems are offline. We've lost the heart. And now you answer to me. Uh, uh, Chance of success just plummeted. Uh, uh, Only because you've got no imagination. An intelligence operative for a shadowy global peacekeeping agency races to stop a hacker from stealing its most valuable and dangerous weapon. Written by the team of Greg Rucca and Alison Schroeder and directed by Tom Harper, Heart of Stone stars Gal Gadot as Rachel Stone, Jamie Dornan as Parker, Aliyah Bat as Kea, Jing Lucy as Yang, and features Paul Reddy, Enzo Salenti, Joe Riesig, Luca Fiamengi, Matthias Schweighofer, Thomas Arnold, Ruth Keeling, Archie Medekwi, and Sophie Okonedo. We are now starting to experience a lull in movie releases thanks to the ongoing strikes. Thankfully, Netflix is still pumping out new content with decent casts. In this outing, we get a Jason Bourne slash James Bond type adventure starring Wonder Woman herself and a pretty solid supporting cast. Story-wise, it's nothing new. A secret government agency holds and uses a top-secret super weapon that is eventually turned against them, and only one person can get it back. It's done very formulaically, and there is not a single part of this movie that is anything new. You've seen similar stunts, similar dialogues, similar action sequences, and similar CGI pieces. But hey, if it ain't broke. Acting-wise, nobody really stands out in either way, which could be seen as a decent thing. Gal Gadot was believable enough as a secret agent, considering her real-life background of being in the Israeli Defense Force. Plus, you add on her action training for projects like Wonder Woman, and you know she's not gonna be the issue. The rest of the cast holds their own, which is a good thing, but at the same time, nobody steals the spotlight. Overall, Heart of Stone is a very average movie. Average storyline, average acting, and average effects. Two hours and two minutes of complete mediocrity. But where it starts to go off the rails is in its dialogue and in its set pieces. Frankly, the movie is just not written that well. The dialogue feels forced and ridiculous at times, and while the set pieces can look good occasionally, they also come across as all too unrealistic. It was so unbelievable at times that it was very difficult to immerse yourself in the film. I had no problems turning the movie off off with 40 minutes remaining, taking a couple days for a break before finishing it off last night. And to me, that is a huge strike against. Heart of Stone is worth watching considering that you can chip pieces off of it from home and you'll also miss nothing if you zone out. This is very much a movie that you should have your phone out for, but like I said, it is worth taking a look at from time to time. I give Heart of Stone a C C+. <laughs> Summer is rapidly coming to an end, but there's no reason that you still shouldn't bring the heat. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with the official Red Band trailer for The Expendables 4. On September 22nd Time for music We heard you This is gonna be fun <laughs> Loud And clear Please make Expendables 4 rated R There better be violence And lots of it I want all the blood And guts Fuck it First things first. Holy oh, shit. My mind is full of these brutal fantasies. Fantasies. That will now become a hellish reality. That's a great idea. Well, I am playing no more. Hold on! You might fucking kill me! You're welcome! Now that's what I'm talking about. <sighs> I'm good to be back. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Expendables. Definitely Rated R. theaters, September 22nd. A new generation of stars join the world's top action stars for an adrenaline-fueled adventure in Expendables 4. Reuniting as the team of elite mercenaries, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone are joined for the first time by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, Megan Fox, Tony Ja, Iko Uwise, Jacob Scipio, Levi Tran, and Andy Garcia. Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on and the skills to use them, the Expendables are the world's last line of defense and the team that gets called when all other options are off the table. But new team members with new styles and tactics are going to give new blood a whole new meaning. The Expendables 4 hits theaters on September 22nd. Let's shift it to the ongoing strikes just to give a couple of updates. In a statement from SAG-AFTRA, it was announced that from the picket lines to film festivals, SAG-AFTRA members are strengthening the union's bargaining position and demonstrating solidarity by supporting and promoting their approved interim agreement productions at fall festivals, including the Finnis International Film Festival, Telluride Film Festival, and Toronto International Film Festival. There are some stipulations to this agreement, as they only impact producers that are not directly linked to studios tied to the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers. What all that means is because films like Michael Mann's Ferrari, David Fincher's The Killer, Bradley Cooper's Maestro, Sofia Coppola's Priscilla, Craig Gillespie's Dumb Money, Alexander Payne's The Holdovers, and Taika Waititi's Next Goal Wins, stars like Adam Driver, Michael Fassbender, Bradley Cooper, Paul Dano, and Paul Giamatti are all approved to promote their films, despite the ongoing strikes. Some actors are unhappy with the decisions including the likes of Viola Davis and Sarah Silverman who appear in Cooper's Maestro but this does land as big news in terms of giving an edge when it comes to award season. When it comes to the writers the WGA met with Bob Iger Donna Langley Ted Sarandos David Zaslav and Carol Lombardini earlier this week with the understanding that they were finally ready to make a deal. However the negotiating committee said that they were instead met with a lecture about how good their single and only counter offer was. The WGA Released a statement saying, quote, We explained all the ways in which their counters, limitations, and loopholes and omissions failed to sufficiently protect writers from the existential threats that caused us to strike in the first place. We told them that a strike has a price, and that price is an answer to all, and not just some of the problems that they have created in the business. But this wasn't a meeting to make a deal. This was a meeting to get us to Cave, which is why, not twenty minutes after we left the meeting, the AMPTP released its summary of their proposals. The WGA did go on to say that progress had been made during the meeting, but referred to the offer is the equivalent of giving with one hand and taking back with the other. Due to the continued strikes, it was officially announced this past week that Dune Part 2, which was slated to hit theaters this year, will now be released on March 15th of 2024. This caused a bit of a domino effect over at Legendary Entertainment and Warner Brothers, which means Godzilla X-Kong The New Empire, which was set for a March 15th release, will now move to April 12th of 2024, which then shifts The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim to December 13th of 2024. It's now also rumored. Rumor that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and the Color Purple will be shifting their dates as well. But for now, both films are still on track to release on December 20th for Aquaman and Color Purple on December 25th. In other upcoming projects, with Blue Beetle officially in theaters and doing well, Angel Manuel Soto has announced his next feature length project will be called Wrecking Crew, starring Dave Batista and Jason Momoa. Soto will be directing from a script by warrior writer Jonathan Tropper, with MGM being the head studio. Despite being billed as a buddy comedy, further details tales about Wrecking Crew remain a mystery. Shifting to the small screen, while well at GamesCon, a trailer was released for Netflix's upcoming Zack Snyder project, titled Rebel Moon. Do you know the story of the Princess Issa? In myth, she was called the Redeemer. It was said this child would stop the madness of war. That she was to usher in a new age of peace and compassion. I was given memories of a world I will never see. What Loyalty to a king I cannot serve And love for a child I could not save I have found her A scar giver I am a child of war I was taught that love is weakness There is a difference between justice and revenge well, Hold on I don't want no trouble we're not here to bring any. You and I both know fear. Show them that we're not afraid. And Show them we're more than the shackles that bind us. A king is a man, and a man can fail. But a myth is indestructible. Who among you is willing to die for what you believe? The events of Rebel Moon are set in motion when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy is threatened by the armies of a tyrannical regent named Belisarius. Desperate, the colonists dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them make a stand. The teaser trailer also announces that the project will consist of two films, the first one being Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire, releasing on December 22nd, and the second part being called The Scargiver, releasing on April 19th of 2024. Zack Snyder also announced that there'll be two versions of the film, one which anyone can enjoy and watch, while the director's cut will be a more explicit version that will allow fans to take a deeper, harder dive into the material. The next trailer to be released by Netflix is their upcoming animated Adam Sandler project, this time called Leo. Wow, summer's over? Here we go. All right, another year, another batch of fifth grade head cases. I tell you what, one kid calls me Lizzie this year, I quit. Just don't pee in my lettuce bowl and we'll be all right. I don't know, I got a feeling this year's gonna be different. Something big's gonna happen. Ah, you say that every year. Could you not do that on my pillow? I'm a lizard. (laughs) That's good. Don't dignify it. Back to school, back to school, back to school. Actor and comedian Adam Sandler delivers signature laughs in this coming-of-age animated musical comedy about the last year of elementary school as seen through the eyes of a class pet. Jaded 74-year-old lizard Leo, played by Sandler, has been stuck in the same Florida classroom for decades with his terrarium mate Turtle, played by Bill Burr. When he learns he only has one year left to live, he plans to escape to experience life on the outside, but instead gets caught up in the problems of his anxious students, including an impossibly mean substitute teacher. It ends up being the strangest but most rewarding bucket list ever. Ever. The other cast alongside Sandler and Burr includes Cecily Strong, Jason Alexander, Sadie Sandler, Sonny Sandler, Rob Schneider, Joe Coy, Jackie Sandler, Heidi Gardner, Nick Swartzen, and more. Leo begins streaming on Netflix on November 21st. Sticking with Netflix a while longer, Deadline has reported that Netflix has picked up Old Dads, the feature directorial debut of comedian Bill Burr. In addition to directing duties, Bill Burr also stars as Jack, a middle-aged father, while Bobby Cannavale and Bokeem Woodbine are also featured Featured as Jack's two best friends. Burr's longtime business partner Mike Bertolina has told The Hollywood Reporter that the movie is like Bill's stand-up in narrative format. You see this progression in him as he's working on his own issues, most centered around his anger. Old Dads is expected to release on October 20th. Adult Swim has announced this past weekend that Rick and Morty Season 7 will not only raise the bar for the fan-favorite animated series, but that it will also include new episodes, voices, and hijinks. As of now, Rick and Morty Season 7 is set to premiere on October 15th at 11pm. The season includes 10 brand new episodes following the exit of co-creator Justin Roiland. Rick and Morty are back and sounding more like themselves than ever. It's season 7 and the possibilities are endless. What's up with Jerry? Evil summer? And will they ever go back to high school? Maybe not. But let's find out. There's probably less piss than last action, Rick and Morty, 100 years, or at least until season 10. Adult Swim has also said that it's dedicated to finding new sound-alike voices to replace Royland, with characters from the show remaining unchanged. Royland's replacement remains a mystery, though fans will have a short time to wait, with the show returning in mid-October. Over at HBO, following the success of the first season of The Last of Us, co-creator Craig Mazin has been asked a number of times about potential spin-offs. Mazin told The Wrap, quote, We haven't talked about that specifically because because we're so focused on just telling this main narrative. I'm not against the idea of other shows that may draw from these characters or that world. I don't know how much more The Last of Us I personally would be able to do. I mean, these shows are so big, I'm sort of burning one of the most precious few remaining decades I have on telling this story. But in principle, I have no issue with it whatsoever, and I'm sure Neil would be interested as well. If there was something that made sense, then I don't see why not. My great hope is that if there is anything like that, that is done with as much care and respect and love as we're applying to this series right now. And finally, we end today's show on more sad news. This past week was tragic in the wrestling world, which first saw the hardcore legend Terry Funk pass away at the age of 79 before having to say goodbye to Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, the next day at the age of 36. A couple of days later, it was announced that legendary host of the daytime game show The Price is Right, Bob Barker, passed away at the age of 99. Barker was always keen to poke fun at himself and famously played a fictionalized version of himself in the Adam Sandler classic comedy Happy Gilmore, in which he's on the receiving end of one of the greatest one-liners in film history. He was also a lifelong animal rights activist and always famously signed off from his show with the reminder to get your pets spayed or neutered. It was then announced that Arlene Sorkin, best known for her role in Batman the Animated Series as Harley Quinn, passed away at the age of 67. Sorkin is widely considered the definitive take on the part of Harley Quinn, considering she was also the model for the characters' creators, Paul Denny and Bruce Timm. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at TalkingMoviesPC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, you want to know how great men get power? It's not because they earn it or because they deserve it. It's because when the moment comes, they take it.